praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord, everybody. Did anybody come to give God praise on a Saturday night? Did anybody come to lift up the name of Jesus on a Saturday night? Clap your hands, all ye people. Somebody shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Somebody shout unto God with the voice of praise. If God has been good to you, you ought to lift up your voice. You ought to give him a shout. You ought to give him a dance. You ought to give him a praise right now. used to have a church on Saturday night? I didn't think so. But I'm here to tell you that God will move on a Sunday morning. God will move on a Sunday night. But God is not relegated to just moving on Sunday morning and Sunday night. But I believe that we serve the same God that's able to move on a Saturday night. You ought to come with your praise and your dance and expectation in your spirit that God's going to do something in this house on a Saturday night. We praise you, We magnify your holy name, oh God. Praise God. Praise God. If you'll turn in your Bibles, Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. While you're turning there, let me say again what an honor it is to be here. We, we count it an honor to be able to minister anywhere, but we are extremely excited about being here uh, this weekend. I believe that God is going to continue what he started last night. I believe that every service is going to build uh, one on top of the other. And uh, I believe that lives are going to be changed this weekend. You're going to be able to look back, not because I'm here, but because God is here. You're going to be able to look back on this weekend and say, that was the moment that everything changed. Does anybody believe that in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. I got a burden tonight. And I'll just tell you from the onset, I'm mad at the devil. I get frustrated at the enemy. I get frustrated at the devil because I want to see people actualize their full potential. And I want to see people absolutely convinced that they can do whatever God has called them to do. Let's get right into the word of the Lord today. Nehemiah chapter 8. We'll begin reading in verse 1. When you got it, say amen. The Bible says, and all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation both of men and women and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday before the men and the women and those that could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood, which they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood, uh, Matea, actually, let's skip down to verse, let's go to verse 5. So we go through all those names and y'all get all confused. Verse 5. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people for he was above all the people and when he opened it all the people stood up and Ezra blessed the Lord the great God and all the people answered amen 
a man would lifting up their hands and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Verse 8. So they read in the book of the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading and caused them to understand the reading. If you'll flip over 1 Peter chapter 5, we'll read one verse of scripture, a very familiar scripture. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Seeking whom he may devour. And just for a couple moments, I want to preach to you on this title, Hell's Pulpits. Hell's pulpits. If you would, put your Bibles down. I want somebody right now to lift up your voice, cry out to God. Ask God to anoint the remainder of this service. Ask God to speak to your heart today. Lift up your voices all over this house. Come on, somebody, cry fervently right now. Somebody lift up a voice in the heaven. Mighty God, we love you, Jesus. We magnify your holy name, oh God. We've come to lift you up in the sanctuary. God, we expect you to move. We expect, oh God, you to continue what you started in this house on a Saturday night. God, I pray, oh God, that everybody will be saved and set free and chains would be broken by the power of the Holy Ghost. God, I pray, oh God, that you would continue the work that you started in this conference. God, I pray, oh God, that the ears of your people will be attentive on the word of God. God, I pray that this moment, everything else can be different. God, that everything could change right here on a Saturday night. You ought to lift up your voice. You ought to lift up your voice right now. Clap your hands all over this house. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I got a burden today. I want to help somebody today. Hell's pulpits. The pulpit goes all the way back to the book of Nehemiah. In our text, we read about a time in which Jerusalem was just rebuilt. The people desperately wanting to get back on track with their God. They called a man by the name of Ezra. And Ezra's job was to preach the law of Moses. The Bible says that all the people would come together as one man or people into the street. They would set up a pulpit of wood for Ezra to stand upon. And the purpose of the pulpit was for two reasons. Number one, it was to elevate the preacher above all the, the, uh, above all the people so that everybody could see and so that everybody could hear. The Bible says that the ears of the people were attentive to the word of God. And he would preach for six hours at a time. And they would stand to their feet as he opened the book in reverence of the word of God. As he preached, the people would respond to the word by lifting up their hands and saying, Amen. One of the functions of the church, when you get into the dynamics of receiving the word of God, is that there has to be a yes in your spirit. 
When a man of God gets up to preach the word of God, no matter whether he's your favorite preacher, no matter whether you like the guy or not, you ought to say amen to the word of God. Let's practice that today. God is a good God. I want somebody to stand up on your feet and say amen to the word of God. He's the best thing that ever happened to me. When I look back over my life and I begin to think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed. Does anybody have that testimony? Do you serve the one true living God? Are you excited to be a part of the church of the living God? They would say amen with lifting up their hands. But he didn't preach just to preach. He preached so that the people could understand the word of God. Line upon line and precept upon precept. Here a little and there a little making sure to break down the word of God so that all could know and so that all could understand. And this is God's system. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1 and 21 that it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, the Bible says, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Let me remind you, young person, today that you need a preacher in your life. You need a man of God that'll stand flat-footed in the pulpit and tell you what thus saith the word of God. Is anybody thankful for your man of God? Is anybody thankful for preachers that'll stand here and tell you right from wrong and wrong from right? Is anybody thankful for a man of God that'll pray, a man of God that'll fast, a man of God that'll study the word of God to show itself approved? You ought to be thankful for a man of God. You ought to be thankful for a preacher. You ought to be thankful for somebody that'll put everything else on the back burner, all of their aspirations, all of their dreams, and say, I'm going to stand here in the office and I'm going to give the word of God to the people because I want to see the world saved. You see, preaching is not as glamorous as it seems Standing in a pulpit is not as glamorous as it seems. Sitting on the platform is not as glamorous as it seems. But it comes with a weight and it comes with a burden. And it comes... There's days as a preacher... Well, you're not able to act the way that everybody acts because the burden is so heavy on you. And when somebody makes a joke and everybody's laughing sometimes, even though it may be funny, sometimes the weight of the word of God is on the shoulders of the man of God. So you got to understand that above all else, I don't care about your education. I don't care what you think you know. You've got to have a preacher in your life. You've got to have a man of God in your life. You've got to have somebody that'll open up the book and teach you the word of God. You've got to have somebody that'll pour himself into the scriptures and say, this is the way. Walk you in it. You've gotta have a man of God in your life praise God and so the 
pulpit is what was used in order to establish doctrine, in order to establish truth, in order to establish principles, and in order to establish ideas. It's a rallying place in which the people of God can get on one accord surrounding a particular thing. And God has pulpits all over this world establishing the word of God, teaching and instructing the principles by which we should live, making the gospel understandable to all the people that would want to hear it, a place to declare truth in a world that's on their way to a devil's hell, a place to declare timeless words generation by generation. You may get frustrated when you come to the house of God and you hear the same stories. But the reason that we come to the house of God and we hear the same stories is so that the word of God can build your faith. Young person, you need to hear the stories of old. You need to hear how they were at the Red Sea and they didn't have a way out. They looked to their left and they couldn't get out. They looked to their right and they didn't have anywhere to go. And when they looked behind them, Pharaoh was on their track. But you need to understand that God stepped in right on time and made a way where there seemed to be no way. You got to hear the word of God. You got to come back and hear the stories over and over again so that it can build your faith and so that God can let you know what he can do in your life. These are not just stories that are just dead and dormant, but the word of God is alive. This is a, a living book. God's not dead, but God is alive and God is still working in 2021. Do I have anybody that believes that right now? That God's still working like he worked in the days of old? That we can see revival greater than they ever saw it before. So I'm thankful today for every preacher that's preached to me. I'm thankful today for all of the life-changing messages that I've heard. And we can sit here and compare notes about what our favorite sermons are. And we can talk about who our favorite preachers are. And we can talk about all the sermons that you needed in your time of trouble. And the sermons that changed the course of your destiny. And the sermons that helped to inform your future. The sermons that no doubt altered the very course of your life. Is anybody thankful for the word of God? Praise God. But I've come to remind somebody in this house that as sure as God has pulpits, hell also has pulpits. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5 and 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour the very purpose of the enemy is to win your soul one transliteration says it this way it says that hell has enlarged herself and it's opened its mouth wide hell is anticipating hell is waiting hell is waiting on the moment where you lose your guard Hell is waiting for the moment that you slip up. Hell is waiting for an opportunity. 
won't stop. He won't quit. He does his job with intention. He's preaching. Hell is enticing. Hell is pulling. Hell is reaching. And he too studies. His subject is people. He has no respect for your age. He doesn't care what color you are. He doesn't care how beautiful you think you are. He doesn't care what you look like. He doesn't care where you come from. His intention is to win your soul. And as sure as God is preparing a place for you, hell is also preparing a place for you. As the verse I just quoted is Isaiah 5 and 14. It says, therefore hell has enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp. And he that rejoices shall descend into it. Another transliteration says that hell is literally, hear me today, young person. The Bible says in one transliteration, it says that hell is literally licking its lips in anticipation, waiting for you to fall. Another place where they talked about it and tried to figure out what the writer was actually saying. It says that hell, if you can get this imagery in your mind, I'm trying to save somebody from a hell today. I'm trying to save somebody from the darkness today. It says that hell has a lip to the earth. And it's waiting for those that lose their way. It's waiting for those that get off track just a little bit. It's waiting for those to descend into it. Hell is a real place. And hell is preaching to you. Young people, I came on a Saturday night to expose the devil. I'm sick of the devil and all of his games. And I'm sick of him trying to wreck young people's lives. But there's a preacher on a Saturday night that's going to let you know his devices. That's going to let you know that you've got to be sober. You've got to be vigilant. Another verse, let me get it here. It's Isaiah 14, Isaiah 14 and 9. The Bible says hell from beneath is moved for thee. At thy coming, it stirreth up the dead for thee. Hell, when you move, hell moves. It's tracking everything that you do. It's watching everywhere that you go. It's trying to pick up on your habits. Hear me today. Hell is trying to pick up on your habits. It's trying to pick up on your lifestyle so that it can ensnare you and so that it can entrap you and so that it can let you know that I know your number and I know your name and I know what you do. And hell knows, hear me today. The devil is an opportunist. He's an opportunist. He's watching your patterns. He's watching you come to church. Can I preach plain today? He watches us come to church on a Saturday night and get hooked up with all of our friends. And as soon as we leave the house of God, hell understands that you didn't hear anything that the preacher said. 
Hell is paying attention to the moments where we let our guard down. Hear me today. I'm trying to help somebody in the Holy Ghost today to let you know that hell is on your track. But I'm telling you today that you can make it. You can make it. You can make it. Hell has a track record on each individual and he's watching every movement and he's watching every step that you take and I'm not telling you that it's all going to be over if you make a mistake because baby you're going to make a mistake I'm just letting you know that he's paying attention in the moments that you think nobody else is paying attention, you can rest assured that God is paying attention, but you can also rest assured that hell is paying attention, and he's going to send and set up pulpits to speak in your ears lies and deceit and fear and doubt and shame. And the enemy is in a war for your soul. Help me today. You'll stand here. You get I believe that this is what's happening in the spirit world right now. I believe that there's a tug of war in the spirit world. And as I preach the gospel, I'm trying to pull him this way. But there are adversaries. There are demonic spirits. There are people. There are Hell has pulpits that are going to try to pull you in the other way. But you got to get to the house of God and let the man of God preach to you one more time. That's why we come to church on Monday. That's why we come to church on Tuesday. That's why we go to church on Wednesday. You've got to get to the house of God so that you can go in the right direction. But every single day, come back, come back. Every single day, there's this spiritual tug of war for your soul but this is what you have to understand that God, like I preached about last night, God won't force you to do anything. The only way to tip the scales is to let God know that you want to lean in his direction. That's the only way to tip the scales because God will engage in the battle for you when you make a decision like we talked about last night that you're going to live for God, that you want to walk for God, that you want to do the will of God, that you want to... And so there's this spiritual battle that's happening. And as you begin to draw not to him, he will draw not to you. But even in an atmosphere like this, I'm going to tell you something about your adversary. The devil is not afraid to set up a pulpit right here in the church. It's not because we have, have bad leadership. It's not because pastor's not preaching the word of God. It's not because Brother Austin's not doing his job. It's because the devil is so afraid of you. He's so afraid that you're going to get a hold of your calling. He's so afraid that you're going to get a hold. And so he comes in and he sets up a pulpit and he'll set it up right here next to you as you listen to the word of God. And he'll start whispering in your ear, that word is not for you. Your past is too bad. You've been through too much. Your family is a wreck. God can never do anything with you. 
and he sets up another pulpit and he starts bringing up your past. I'm telling you, I don't know why I'm here, but I believe if I'm here for anything, I'm here to set you free from your past. I'm here to break the chains off all the mistakes that you made. Find me somebody perfect in the Bible. I'll wait. You want to talk about David? Y'all really want to talk about David? We don't even got to go there. I'm here to tell you today that your past has no bearing on your future. That God has got better things for you. That you're going to be better than your family. That God's going to use you in a mighty way when you make a decision and make up your mind that I'm going to live for God. I'm going to stop listening to hell's pulpits. I just want to expose the devil all the way. Your adversary, some of us have the wrong idea about the enemy. When you think about the devil, what do you think about? Pitchfork and red face and horns coming out of his head. Grim Reaper uh, outfit on. One man preached it this way. He said, the devil ain't ugly. Subtle. And he's going to come to you in different forms that you won't even be able to understand at first. But once he gets deeper in and he starts letting you know who he really is, you're going to be able to see him for who he is. But let me help you today and let me do the dirty work for you and let me let you know the devil's not ugly. He's going to come in the form of things that you never think he's going to come in the form of, but he's just waiting to see how can I hook them? How can I grab them? How can... Bible says that every man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own lust. He's trying to figure out what's on the inside of you that he can hook to. And he's going to come and his pulpit is going to be preaching that sermon. He knows you. He knows your name. He knows your address. He knows every step you take. He knows what thing will make you fall. And you better believe he knows every time you felt you failed. And he's going to bring it up. And he's going to come back and rehearse it in your ear. When you hear a sermon like this, he's going to let you know there's nothing you're going to be able to do. Because you know when you failed this time and this time. But I'm here to preach to somebody and tell you it's time to silence hell's pulpits. It's time to shut down hell's pulpits. It's time to elevate the voice of the man of God. It's time to elevate the voice of the church. I hate the devil. I hate watching people be shackled and bound and not able to move beyond the place that they've always been because of their past, because of doubt, because of fear. Hell's pulpits uses doubt and fear and shame to hold people back from the call of God on their life. And he really does believe that he can overthrow you because he thought he can overthrow God. But you've got something on the inside of you 
There's a power deep on the inside of you. There's a purpose on the inside of you that you've got to start to shut off the noise. You got to get some of them AirPods. It's got that noise canceling. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm old school. I had to wire headphones up until last week. Apple twenty dollar headphones. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And they work. They was good. I just hit the button to answer the phone. We good to go. I couldn't go far though if my phone was on the table. So my friends started talking about me, and I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Well, I couldn't find my headphones. That was that was the first thing. So I went and went and got some AirPods, and I started messing around with those AirPods. And when you hit the noise, y'all know what I'm talking. I'm preaching to somebody right. When you hit that noise canceling button, y'all know what I'm talking about? And you, I was shocked. I said, babe, I can't hear nothing. She said, did you hear me calling you? I was calling you in the other room. I said, I, I hit the noise cancellation. But you need to get that in your spirit. You need to shut down the voice of the enemy in your life. You need to start to hit that noise cancellation button and say, you ain't preaching to me today. I'm not listening to hell's pulpits. I'm not listening to sermons of hell. I'm not going to give an ear to that. I got to get to the house of God. I got to hear the word of God one more time. David said it like this. He said, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, my foot had well not slipped. Why? Because he got outside of the church house and he started listening to the voices of the enemy. And he said this. He said, but I had to get back to the house of God. I'm preaching to somebody today and let you know you got to start to silence the voices of hell. You got to start to silence hell's pulpit. Seven days a week. 168 hours in a week we come to church three days a week that's six hours a week three hours a week of this 168 minus six is 162 hours 168 minus three is 165 hours nature hates a vacuum that 162 to 65 hours will be filled. And the enemy is fighting for that time. And so if all you get is three sermons from hell, heaven's pulpits and the rest of the 162 hours is the voice of the enemy... It's not possible to listen to preaching for 162 hours. I'm not telling you to listen to preaching all day. I'm not telling you that this is the only thing to listen to. What I'm telling you is that this has to be the most elevated voice in your life. We read in our text that the people, they put Ezra up on a pulpit of wood and that the people all of the ears of the people were attentive to the word of God. And the Bible says that they were standing there for six hours 
a day and preach the word of God. We ain't doing that tonight. But what I'm saying is that there was a hunger. For the, for in 2021, what happened to the appetite and the hunger for the things of God? What happened to the appetite and the hunger of getting to the house of God and listening to the preacher preach the word of God and this being the primary voice in your life? This is why sometimes you got to unplug from social media. You got to unplug from all of the news outlets that you listen to. You got to turn the radio off sometimes so that you can hear the voice of God. You got to get along with God. You've got to talk to him. You've got to hear his voice. You've got to listen to heaven's pulpits. But it's all about which voice I'm going to elevate in my life. There's a race for your soul today. The enemy is racing for your soul. And the reason why, you might ask the question, there are 7.5 plus billion people in the earth. Why is the devil bothering me? Anybody feel like that? Why you got to mess with me? Go mess with somebody else. Go mess with somebody that's already doing big things. Leave me alone. Here's the truth. The truth is that the enemy knows what you're called to be. The enemy sees the potential that's lying on the inside of every individual under the sound of my voice. So why does the enemy want to work over an apostolic here in Potts Camp, Mississippi? Because the enemy knows that if you get a hold of your purpose, if you get a hold of your calling, if you get a hold of your destiny, that you're going to turn the world upside down. The enemy is fighting. He's racing. He's trying to reach for you today. And he will use any means necessary. He'll speak to you like we talked about. He'll speak to you through your family. He'll speak to you through your friends. He'll use voices that are familiar to you so that he can disguise himself enough so that you don't know it's him. And so you just think it's your crazy brother that's talking to you, telling you you're not qualified to do anything for God. But the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar on a Saturday night. You can be what God has called you to be. You can do what God has called you to do. You've got to silence the voices of hell's pulpits today. Clap your hands all over this house. He's anticipating. He's pulling at your attention. He knows what bait to use. He's preaching. He's preaching falsehoods. He's preaching lies. He's preaching deceptions. He's preaching what you want to hear versus what you so desperately need to hear. He's preaching fame. He's preaching fortune. He's preaching a lifestyle that'll never satisfy. He's preaching instant gratification. He's preaching, does it take all of that? He will use whatever he has to use. The enemy will use this 
And he will allow you <coughs> to get so comfortable and so acquainted with this device. And he'll understand that you use this more than you use anything else. And he'll start to craft a pulpit in your cell phone. It's real talk. He's trying to win your soul by any means necessary. And he sets up pulpits all over this world. And the crazy thing about it is he's not afraid to set up a pulpit wherever he needs to. If you go to New Orleans, it's this place called Jackson Square. And in Jackson Square, there's this big cathedral. Well, it's a, it's a Catholic church, but it's a beautiful church, and it represents the church of God in the city. And the steeple of the church, they'll tell you in New Orleans that the steeple of the church is as high as the highest point in the city of New Orleans. Because they wanted to elevate Christ or elevate God in the city. But if you've ever been there, you can walk through this cathedral. And you could see all of the instruments of the tabernacle laid around. And you could see everything that's happening in the, in the cathedral. And it's a beautiful place. But when you walk back out the door, you know what you see? You see sorcerers. You see witchcraft. You see palm readers. You see all of the, I'm telling you, right outside of the doors of the church. That's not just in New Orleans. That's every single day. Because the enemy is trying as fast as he can to snatch the word of God away from you. Like we talked about last night, when you get a word from God and you know you got a word from God and you take one step beyond the threshold of the house of God. He sets up a pulpit right there. And he starts to bring down the word of God. He starts undermining the word of God that you got in your life. Because he doesn't want you to get a hold of your purpose. He doesn't want you to get a hold of your calling. He doesn't want you to get a hold of what you were called to be. He's afraid that if you get a hold of who you were called to be, you're going to turn the world upside down. So I got a race to get back at my post because God was winning that day. And the child of God started to pray a little bit more. Child of God started to pray a little bit more, but he's got to get there really quick because he's going to get away. And he's got to grab a hold of him. And he's got to say, I got to snatch away that prayer that you prayed that day. I got to snatch away all of the word time that you had that day. I got to snatch away the word that you got from the youth pastor that day. I've got to snatch away the word that the pastor preached into your heart that day. I got to snatch it away. You're getting too far away. You're getting too far away. And that if I don't catch you right outside of the church, you may get a hold of your destiny. 
may get a hold of that calling that God's put on your life. You may get a hold of the purpose that God created on in the inside of you because I believe that everybody under the sound of my voice was created with a purpose and a plan and God has something for you to do and you got to get a hold of that on a Saturday night and you got to stop listening to hell's pulpits today. Pray all over this sanctuary. Lift up your voices right now. Somebody cry out to God. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I've come on a Saturday night to uncover the lie. I come on a Saturday night to let you know that the, the hell has been preaching to you. And I'm trying to expose the enemy today. I'm telling somebody right now, you need to come up here to this altar and you need to get a hold of God. You need to bring your cell phone. You need to put it down on the altar and you need to let hell know I'm not listening to your voices anymore. You need to get home. You got to clean out your phone. You got to stop letting hell preach to you every day. Come on, somebody. You ought to engage with the spirit right now. God is in this house. God's going to set somebody free. God's going to break the chains right now. Come on, somebody. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. somebody silence hell's pulpits today elevate the voice of the man of God elevate the voice of the man of God elevate the voice of the house of God somebody press on in right now press on in right now don't just come up here lackadaisical today but come making a decision that I'm going to walk with God I'm going to listen to his voice I'm going to silence all the other voices in my life is working in this house right now the spirit of God is moving in this house right now God's helping somebody today God's letting you know you can be what he called you to be
Come on, somebody, it's a race for your soul today. But you got to fight right now. You got to fight right now. You got to let hell know you don't have a voice in my life anymore. somebody make a declaration today make a declaration today I'm going to silence the voices of hell I'm going to silence the voices of the enemy I'm going to silence somebody God's gonna give you strength today God's gonna give you strength today God's gonna help you make it somebody this is the moment this is the moment this is the moment don't turn back now God's gonna help you make it God's gonna help you silence every voice God's gonna give you the fortitude God's gonna work it
Come on, God's breaking chains right now. God's breaking chains right now. Somebody press on in. God's pouring out his spirit right now. God's pouring out his spirit right now.
somebody this is where it's at right here this is where it's at when you learn how to spend time with God you don't care about the time you don't care about anything else you just want to have a move you just want to have a move you just willing to hang out in the presence of God you just want to reach God you want to get a hold of God it's in moments like these that lives are changed that destinies are set that God moves on your life
give them everything right now. Come on, give them everything right now. I just want you. I just want you. Nothing else will do. Nothing else will do. I just want you, Jesus. Oh, God, I pray every hindrance, every shackle, every burden be lifted off of me right now. Come on, pray it. Pray it. Every hindrance, everything that's held me back for so long, I cast it aside. I lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset me and knock me off course. I lay it aside even right now. I just want you. I just want you. I just want you. Come on, cast all your cares on him, for he cared for you. Cast your burden on the Lord right now. Cast it on him. And I'm telling you, as you cast it to him, he'll give you something fresh. God will give you something new right now. You just want him. Get everything else out of the way. Nothing else will do. I just want. I just want you. Said I just want you. I just want you. I just want you. Hallelujah. I lay everything else aside. I lay all my burdens aside. Nothing else will do, Jesus. I just want you. I just want you. Holy Ghost is saying to you right now and just focus on Jesus right now. Don't focus on this platform. Don't focus on the person beside you. Just focus on Jesus right now. God has preached a word to you. God has spoken a word to you. But the devil's right here trying to preach another word. Preach another message. Give God everything. Give God your full attention right now.
give God everything. Give God all your praise. Give God all your attention right now. He's the only one in the room that matters. He's the only one in the room that matters.
He's making a way for you right now. Don't you lift your hands all over the room. God's making a way for you. You've made some commitments last night and tonight. You've decided to cut some things out of your life tonight, and you know some of those things are impossible for you to do on your own. But just like this song is saying, you... God is making a way for you. God is making a way. God is making a way when there seems to be no way. You thought you could not be delivered. You thought you would not make it out of this. You thought you would continue in the cycle. But the cycle stops tonight. You're going to another level. You're getting out of that place. And you've done... You, Listen to me right now. The ceiling that was blocking you from going to another level is about to become your floor. And you're going to stand on top of what was holding you down. I said you're going to stand on top of what was holding you down. The enemy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why don't you just shout a little bit. Stomp on the enemy's head a little bit. The enemy is under your feet.
impossible. That's impossible. And we're standing here. Lift him up, lift him up, lift him up. Praise him for making a way in your life. Praise him for making a way in your life. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for everything you've done in this place tonight. We thank you for the absolute breakthrough. The absolute, the absolute breakthrough that has happened tonight. That there's no doubt in our minds, God, that we are changed after tonight. And that the lies the enemy's speaking against us, the lies that he's been preaching against us, they're not going to stand and we're not listening to it anymore. We've shut it off. We've cut it off tonight. And God, we open up our ears unto you, God. We want to be a tent unto your word. We want to be a tent unto your voice, God, to the quickening of the spirit and to the moving of the Holy Ghost. We want to be a tent and sensitive to your spirit, Jesus. I pray it tonight. We are different. We are different. We're not leaving these doors the same. We are leaving here different. We are changed. We are renewed. We are restored. We are free in the mighty name of Jesus. Give him one more great hand clap of praise tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Tell your neighbor you're going to another level. Turn back to your neighbor and say, no, 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 no. Oh, you gotta, you gotta do it with the stutter. No, 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 no. Gotta have a little bit of Holy Ghost sound to you. You know what I'm saying? And say, no, you, no, 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 no. Say it one more time. No, 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 no. You've gone to another level. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell him you have gone to another level. You ain't just going. You have gone to another level. Hallelujah. Give your neighbor a high five. Say, we are, we are finished with that mess. We're moving ahead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember, service tomorrow at 10 o'clock. If you don't have a home church or your church is not having service at 10 o'clock, we would love to have you right here at Bethlehem Church, 10 o'clock and at 6.30. If you can make it, we would love to have you. You are dismissed tonight in the name of Jesus Christ.